Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast. I'm Janine. And I'm Jess. And we both work at the Winkler branch of South Central Regional Library. In this podcast, we talk about books with our own twist. Uh, we'll talk about the first half of the book and predict where it might be going. And then finish reading the book and discuss the second half. There'll be snark. There will be spoilers. Depending on the book, uh, there may be references to violent sex or other adult topics. So if that's not for you, stop listening now. And all right, we'll get into this week's book. Alrighty, so today we're going to be talking about the book American Predator, the hunt for the most meticulous serial killer of the 21st century. So we're going to take a crack at another true crime. We tried that a few months (laughs) ago and didn't go so well for us. It wasn't a great book, so hopefully uh, this one is a little better. Uh, So this book was written by Maureen Callahan, and we're listening to the audiobook, um, and so it's narrated by Amy Landon. And so we'll start with the summary. And I feel like I should mention we were in the car listening to a previous episode, my husband and kids and I. And when I was reading the summary, my husband was like, is that just from the back of the book? I was like, (laughs) yes. He's like, oh. So I feel like I should mention that when I read these summaries, mostly I get them off of the Amazon website. And I assume that they're just what the back of the book will say. They're generally pretty close. Yeah. So uh, we did not write all of these. (laughs) So if that's what you've been thinking, no. So I should have mentioned that sooner. But anyways, there you have it. So Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, the names of notorious serial killers are usually well known. They echo in the news and in public consciousness. But most people have never heard of Israel Keyes, one of the most ambitious and terrifying serial killers in modern history. The FBI considered his behavior unprecedented. Described by a prosecutor as a force of pure evil, Keyes was a prisoner who struck all over the United States. He buried kill kits, cash, weapons, and body disposal tools in remote locations across the country. Over the course of 14 years, Keyes would fly to a city, rent a car, and drive thousands of miles in order to use his kits. He would break into a stranger's house, abduct his victims in broad daylight, and kill and dispose of them in mere hours. And then he would return home to Alaska, resuming life as a quiet, reliable construction worker devoted to his only daughter. When journalist Maureen Callahan first heard about Israel Keyes in 2012, she was captivated by how a killer of this magnitude could go undetected by law enforcement for over a decade. And so began a project that consumed her for the next several years, uncovering the true story behind how the FBI ultimately caught Israel Keyes and trying to understand what it means for a killer like Keyes to exist. A killer who left a path of monstrous, randomly committed crimes in his wake, many of which remain unsolved to this day. American Predator is the ambitious culmination of years of interviews with key figures in law enforcement and in Keyes' life, and research uncovered from classified FBI files. Callahan takes us on a journey into the chilling, nightmarish mind of a relentless killer and to the limitations of traditional law enforcement. So this book was published in 2019, has received mostly positive reviews, and has 4.09 stars on Goodreads. So that's, I mean, anything over four stars on Goodreads, I feel like is probably generally a decent book. Yeah, for the most part. So the New York Journal of Books said, this is a gripping and chilling look into how a serial killer operates in plain sight and exactly what it takes to capture him. American Predator is a must read for any true crime enthusiast. So <laughs> Jess's face is telling me she has thought. <laughs> I mean, let's start off with the front cover because we oftentimes we'll skip over that entirely yes i like the cover of this book i mean i find with the majority of true crime books it's like 
we have a black and white photo of the suspect, mm-hmm. red lettering, or black and white. Yeah. And it's it's basic. This one, I mean, they do the same. You you can tell by looking at the cover. This is true crime. Yeah. Even if you can't read, it's true crime. Yeah. You can tell. The thing about the cover that I don't love. Okay, so I have two different covers here. Um, with slight, they're like very, very similar, but one has, is slightly different and it's got his eyes just at the very top. Mm-hmm. And I find that creepy because his eyes are just like dead and so creepy looking. Yeah, but I like how they do it. I mean, it's... Like, I like that better than like the full on mug shot thing that they do. Yeah. No, I know. I like, I like that. I just, his eyes freak me out. His he's face. a serial killer. I know, I know. But like, if you he look looks at... friendly, you know, <laughs> well, he's probably Ted Bundy. I mean, Ted Bundy. Yeah, he did look friendly. Mm. He seemed like a nice guy. This guy does not look like a nice guy. No. At all. He looks very creepy. So. But I mean, overall, it's a fairly well-designed cover. Mm-hmm. It is pretty good. What do you think of the um, narration? I do not like the narrator's voice at all. She is not the worst one I've ever listened to. Okay. I'll say that much. Um, I don't know that I don't like her voice so much as I'm not super thrilled with the style the book is written in. Okay. Like, it's written very much as... It's almost written like a murder mystery. Mm. Like, I tend to prefer a little bit more forensic okay. approaches. Maybe there will be more, more of that. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. So the first half of the book uh, covers his last murder mm-hmm. um, pretty it, intensely. Yeah. It's very, I don't know, narrative? Yeah. It. Uh, she's telling a story. She's not presenting the facts. I mean, she's presenting the facts, but, like, it's not like... He did this, and then he did this, and mm-hmm. then he did this. It's like, and he thought this, and said this, and yeah. Yeah. That's a terrible explanation. <laughs> it's, um, no, I see what you're saying. I think that's why I like a lot of true crime, is because it does read more like fiction. Like Some do, yeah. Some do. Not all. But um, for, for me, like, I didn't have a hard time listening to it, except for her voice. And I, the thing that really, so this is my maybe fifth try at an audiobook. <laughs> I really hate it when women are narrating and they change their voice when a man is speaking. Don't do that. It never sounds good. <laughs> I, I think there is ways to make it sound better. Okay. Because Wait. there's times where it's like, okay, if it's a British gentleman, they'll put on a British accent okay. to differentiate characters and stuff like that. I think there's a time and a place for it. I think in a regular like just a regular fiction book more so in a non-fiction stop it yeah it's, but it's like so every time that i've experienced this it's like they put on this husky voice yeah and it sounds very fake and like no just no don't i hate it with women i mean, find it absolutely hilarious when it's a guy narrating he goes oh yes mr darcy <laughs> <laughs> just See, like, that would be really? funny. But this to me just sounds like, <gasps> and then... My oh, thing I is can't... she sounds almost bored. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But it like, just gets like husky and no, stop. Yeah, stop yeah. talking like that. It's definitely not the best narration I've ever heard. Yeah. Not the worst narration I've ever heard. 
I would rather like the slightly bored than the like, oh, we're excited. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, now we're going to smack somebody over the head and then we are going to put them in the trunk. It's like, just shut up. I'm too crabby for that level of perkiness ever. Yeah. But yeah, so it's definitely a different experience on an audiobook. I wonder if. Like, like when we read um, Spare by Prince Harry and I listened and you read it. Mm-hmm. And I think we reacted differently because of that. Yeah. And I wonder how we would be feeling if we were actually reading it. See, the thing is, true crime podcasts are such a thing. Like, it, it to me, it's just like, okay, well, it's a true crime podcast. Just yeah, exactly. Just one that's nine hours long. I know. That's kind of how I was feeling as I was listening. I was like, oh, it's just like listening to a true crime, a very detailed true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Because I have listened to... A podcast on this guy. Yes. It was not nine hours. <laughs> I've listened to some very long podcasts. The John Wayne Gacy one was like four, four and a half. Oh, that's a lot of John Wayne Gacy. I usually do audiobooks that are about 55 hours long, so yeah, I'm still just, like, this oh, is drop in the bucket. But yeah, so I don't know, like, put it this way if it was a podcast, I would have turned it off by now. Okay. It's not my style. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite podcasts is Casual Criminalist. Okay. Where the script is written by a writer. And then he does a cold read, so he has no idea mm-hmm. what's happening. So he's like, what? And freaking out. It's hilarious. <laughs> as much as a true crime podcast can be hilarious. Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting because everybody kind of finds out the information at the same time. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I'm like, eh. She doesn't even sound interested in the information. No, but that's the narrator, right? So Yeah, I know. I know. But, like, try. Yeah. So are you saying that you're not finding the book interesting the book is interesting i just am not a huge fan of the narrator okay so you think do you think you would be enjoying it more if you were actually reading it as opposed to listening um in some ways yes in other ways no (laughs) generally with podcast books i have to go okay sit down read them i know you don't like cozy mysteries but you have to do it anyway (laughs) so i'm finding this is easier in some ways than sitting down and reading it. It's not just a true crime podcast, just one hour where I don't really like the narrator. Mm-hmm. As opposed to sitting and down reading it. I mean, there's always pros and cons. Yeah. Especially with true crime, I find sometimes they can add pictures of the scene, pictures of the, the people involved and that kind of thing where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it adds to the story where you don't mm-hmm. get that with narration. Yeah. But... I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to pick one or the other. I found myself trying to focus more on what she was saying than how she was saying it because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I still want to hear the story because this guy, like, is horrifying as all get out, but also very fascinating. See, he, don't, okay, don't get me wrong here. He's bad, but I don't find him horrifying. No. Like, he's a serial killer. He's a horrible person. Yeah. But, like... Okay, you know when you're listening to true crime and they're talking about, you know, whoever, horrible person, and you just get that kind of like, oh, I'm in a dark room by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Not even in the slightest. So for me, it's the the kill kits mm-hmm. buried all over. and the, I, Yeah, but we haven't even gotten to that part. No, I know. That's true. <laughs> we need to stop ruining it. I know. <laughs> the thing is, I listened to a podcast about him, Casual Criminals for the record, um... A year and a half ago, maybe. And I've also listened to another one that was the Butcher Baker of Alaska. Okay. Different guy, serial criminal, serial, 
serial killer. <laughs> oh my word, what can I say? Serial criminal. Serial killer in Alaska, you know, it's fairly similar. So now I'm just going, oh wait, was that that guy or that guy? Mm. Because they're relatively similar in some ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the thing too is that his victims seem to be very randomly picked. Like there was no prior relationship with them or anything, just like, I like you. That's the thing. Like, we haven't actually gotten deep enough mm-hmm. to figure out if he has a type. Yeah. Like, some were like, oh, blue-eyed blondes. Yeah. You know? Right. Others were like, you look like my mother. So based on my prior knowledge, I don't think he has a type. I don't remember. But... A year and a half has been... Yeah. Busy. No, because I know... So, from other... From my research for this, um, there's a lot of questions about how many people he's actually killed because... Well, when you're traveling that much... That, and so he was confessing. So it starts off with his last murder. Um, what is her name? Samantha? Yep. Right? Samantha Koenig. And um, he confessed it to them. Yes, which, oh my word, the amount of... Why the heck is the district attorney's office getting involved yeah there's no need like, for that oh my word why is that guy allowed in an interrogation room that guy is they, awful okay there was a lot of things that got bungled with this investigation oh, and the up. interrogation and it's a miracle we know anything yeah but so they think that he possibly had 11 victims mm. um he i think confessed to maybe three before he died I don't even remember if or how he died. Okay, we should say we where should. we're at in the story because yeah. I know we're just confusing ourselves now. He admitted to the first, or admitted to Samantha's murder, um, and he just finished giving details about it. Yeah. And that's as far as we've gotten. Like, we haven't gotten into any of his other victims. We, they, no. they don't know about the kill kids, they don't know about the other victims. No. Uh, they know re- nothing. Recovered her body. Right. I think that was kind of at the end I remember I finished this like over a week ago so I mean the one thing I will say I found it slightly hilarious when he's going okay fine I'll I'll admit so that you know this doesn't blow back on my daughter Mm -hmm. so you know this and this and this in the shed and the incompetent DA is going okay yeah I think we've got some pictures of that he's going okay well no not that one well not that one either not that one. No, no, the other shed. And they're going, er, the other shed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what other shed? Yeah. And there's just this moment where you can tell Israel's going, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to say anything. Yeah. You Which know, is like, always get a lawyer. Aside from the debit card that he had, that was... They he, had him on nothing. They, he would have done six months, maybe. He had her cell phone? And her debit card or her boyfriend's debit card. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. That was the only thing that they had on him. And he, he had a terrible have, story. He could have kept his like, mouth shut and walked, like, yeah, yeah, like you say, done very minimal time. He could have walked away. They had literally nothing because those cops were incompetent. Mm-hmm. And, like, when they talk, when he was telling the story of the night that he, like, um, abducted her. And killed her. Like, so many people saw them together. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We're, huh, I'm objecting to this title. American Predator Hunt for the Most Meticulous Serial Killer of the 21st Century. <laughs> <laughs> he went back to this crime scene three times. Yes. Like. And he was at her house. Yeah. 
like stealing something he out was of- seen they had him on video yeah. camera like i know i know no it's not that he was the most meticulous it's that the cops were the most incompetent yeah maybe his previous crimes were more meticulous i would this certainly hope last so, one listen, was nothing was bad and so like there was a shed on his property that they obviously didn't even search mm-hmm. because they didn't like they would have found yeah stuff there so oh i just it boggles the mind a little bit I know. frankly and i feel like this happens a lot yeah most meticulous definitely not not in this lucky yes <laughs> yes that i would agree with yeah well he timed it pretty well though too because he killed her and then he went on vacation mm-hmm. right so he was basically gone and um <laughs> as are my thoughts <laughs> that's the thing like he he timed things fairly well mm-hmm. but he had like when he st- was starting to get questioned both in Texas where they tracked him down and tracked him down lucky break <laughs> and in Alaska when they were interrogating him or the DA was messing things up royally mm-hmm. he can't tell a lie like his story is awful Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, like, um, when they're talking to his mom and his siblings or whatever it was, and they're talking about times where he, like, went missing or whatever. The stories he came up with then are also terrible. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he strikes me as one that's gotten lucky yeah. for so long that he's become... The overconfident? Or... I don't know if overconfident is in complacent in the small details. Mm. Like, don't go back to the scene of the crime three times yeah. and come up with a reasonable alibi. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know. and But the other thing I wonder, because so many people saw them potentially that evening, and there was, like, a big campaign... She went missing, like, posters and everything. Like, her face was probably everywhere. And I think, like, nationally, mm-hmm. not just in Alaska. Didn't anybody who saw her that night, like... You know, I was thinking about that after I finished the first half. And on the one hand, yeah, you think... Because they were talking about people... Like, there's the the guy in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, there was people at the... I think it was the IHOP or something across the way. Yeah. On the one hand... Yeah, they've probably seen something. On the other hand, you would think if I saw something and the police are following things up and, you know, they, they've talked about the security footage and stuff like that, ha- whatnot that they have in the media, mm-hmm. I would assume that, okay, they've got the security camera and stuff. Like, it, they know. I'm assuming they've done their canvassing properly. They, they are aware of who was in the area at the time. Mm-hmm. And if they have questions, they'll come to me. Like... It's Yeah, but they don't necessarily know that you were in those areas, right? Well, see, that's the thing. If they had the footage from the IHOP, they would. Yeah. If they had actually tracked down the footage at the beginning, rather than three weeks down the road, yeah. or, oh, wait, there's some there. Like, my assumption would be, if a crime has been committed, the first thing you do is get all the security cameras from any of the, or all the, all the footage from all the security cameras that were anywhere in the area, Mm-hmm. And including the ones that are a little farther afield because, you know, people take off their masks in their cars and go, woohoo, I'm free. <laughs> I would assume then that they had the information that they wanted. And yep. if they had further questions for the people that were there, they'd track them down and ask them questions. Yep, exactly. But, but yeah, the cops just, no. No. Like, there's the one guy, what, Bell? Maybe. There's the one anyway where I'm like, okay, on the one hand, you seem... Like, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And he had a better, I would say better instincts, but honestly, 
let's be real. If I was a cop involved in one of the more famous serial killing cases, and a reporter came to me, or an author came to me saying, I want to write a book about this. Oh yes, I'd be telling you about all the instincts that I had that I couldn't possibly follow up on due to bureaucracy. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'd paint yourself as the, the hero. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, I don't think first-hand accounts of, oh, I wish I could've, but I can't, can yeah. be trusted. Because it's possibly career-ending. If mm-hmm. you go, mm, yeah, no, no, I... I messed up on that one. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. And, but like, like I say, I'm not a police officer. I don't know. What? Yeah, I know. You don't moonlight on the side? It's not my side job at all. So I don't know. I don't know what's involved. I don't know how. I just feel like, like so many times I was like, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Well, that's the thing, like. So it was at points frustrating. And I think, too, from listening to a lot of true crime podcasts and reading true crime, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just, or like, and I can't remember if it happened in this book, like, but when a young girl goes missing, oh, she just ran away. Yes, Whatever. I know. And like, that excuse is so, you have to stop assuming that they just ran away and don't want to be found. You can't just. Well, if you had checked the security camera footage and taking it seriously for five minutes yeah you can tell she left under duress Mm -hmm. like she did not want to go yeah the guy jumped through the freaking window i know like Like, yeah no yeah boggles the mind i know and probably a case like this is harder because it is random and he like was not known to her Mm -hmm. you know and so like usually they focus on the people closest to them because that's often who it was that committed the crime statistically speaking if you're murdered it's probably your husband that did it yeah but so this case would probably be a little harder because it's so random well that is the the nature of serial killers though yeah and if you look at this guy he flew out to whatever state rented a car snatched somebody killed them and left Mm -hmm. his target area is the u.s the u.s like it's not Mm -hmm. you know ted bundy jeffrey dahmer where it's like okay Mm -hmm. okay not ted bundy so much because ted bundy traveled a fair amount but like he did but he he still kind of had his routes yeah this guy i mean we don't know anything about his routes yet but he no he flies in he flies out but also he commute kills my understanding is that he would fly into a place rent a car drive somewhere pick up a kill kit drive somewhere else Mm -hmm. kill somebody and then like it was a whole big process not just i'm gonna fly in yeah like like, there's a fair amount of distance between all the points yeah and if you're in any size town Mm -hmm. like if he flew to winkler or flew to winnipeg drove to winkler killed somebody in winkler flew back back to alaska it's not a small town. Who's going to notice some random guy checking mm-hmm. into a hotel for a night? Exactly. He Especially wouldn't. when he looks like a construction worker. And that's, I think, why he was so hard to catch yeah. initially. So his mistake was using the debit card, mm-hmm. obviously. Which, honestly, seems like a rookie mistake to me. I know. Or, like, did he want to get caught? Or... I don't know. Like, he folded pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So... But he did say he was trying to protect his daughter. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking... Then don't kill people. Mm-hmm. If you're that concerned about your kid, just don't, don't kill people. That's not how it works, but yeah. Yeah. 
I'm I am looking forward to the second half though. Yeah, partially because I need to remember what is this Alaskan serial killer and what's the other Alaskan <laughs> serial killer. And I do find this case quite fascinating because it's it was something completely different from anything that I had heard mm-hmm. before. Like kill kits was a new phrase for me when I first heard this podcast. Yeah. Like I didn't know what that was. And I know that other serial killers have them. But the fact that he like intentionally buried them in places so that he would have something somewhere. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. It's to me that's a little chilling. It is. Although completely off topic from the kill kids. His name is Israel. Oh, and they're like, oh, his parents are from Utah. I'm like, ah, that makes sense. His parents aren't from Utah. He's born in Utah. Oh, yeah. But they... They moved around a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into more of that in the fun facts part. Well, that's the thing where... (coughs) When they were interviewing his mother, and I don't know if they did his siblings or not, but, like, when they were talking about, like, his his family's now part of this... Can we call it a cult? (laughs) Um, Maybe. Church, culty, vibe thingy. When we're talking arranged marriages and following particular guys across the country because mm-hmm. of their religion, I'm, I'm, I lean towards cult. Yep. But when you hear about stuff like that and the way that his mother was interviewed, or I shouldn't say the way, her responses to some of the questions and whatnot where I'm like, hmm. His mother seems a little... The whole nature versus nurture thing is becoming a titch more clear. Mm-hmm. His mother seems like a special lady. I question anybody that's willing to follow random men across the country Mm because of their belief Mm -hmm. system. Yep. Like you say, it does sound a little culty. Yep. So. So, yeah. Uh, I will not make predictions about the second half because... I don't remember enough about the story to predict accurately and I remember too much to just go well shot in the woods yeah I know enough but I'm hoping I do feel a little bit sorry for his girlfriend at the time yeah she was so clueless no you don't think so I don't think she was an accomplice Mm -hmm. or anything like that but there's a point where I'm going if my boyfriend was spending an inordinate amount of time in the shed I'd pop my head in (laughs) I'm Snoopy okay but we have friends and like one of he restores old cars, right? So he spends a lot of time in his shop doing that. It's not suspicious at all. You have a face. But is she never in there? I don't think she goes in there very often. Sometimes her kids are in there. And he videos. He's got, like, a YouTube channel and whatever. But, um... <laughs> so... See, I'm just thinking, like... Some guys just do. They have hobbies, right? At my dad's place. Within two weeks, I've been in the barn, the shop, the other barn, the other shop basement the storage shed there's a building on that yard i'm in it within a span of two weeks Mm -hmm. and i don't even live there (laughs) maybe i'm just an ordinary snoopy yes or i don't know you need something you go work you go grab it i it i can't imagine not going into the shed for the what three four weeks she was there yeah but like that it's not did you go into the shed tuesday night no like it's did you go into the shed over the course of a month. But it sounds like he had multiple sheds. I still go in <laughs> Like... I think that's a you thing. Because uh, that could be. Maybe I I'm mean, just inordinately... My parents have a few buildings on their yard. I never go in them. Like, very rarely. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'm just the weird one here. Because what do I... Why do I need to go there? 
Well, I needed eggs from the barn. I needed to pet a dog in the other barn. I needed the welding okay. from the well. shed and my bolts and washers and collection of random metal from the other shed. But maybe there's nothing in his sheds that she needed ever. Like, also unfathomable. <laughs> Don't you ever need a hammer? No, not at my parents' house. Really? No. Okay, I'm the weird one. If, We've established that. If hammering is happening at, happening at my parents, my dad is hammering. Or maybe one of my brothers. I do my own hammering. What would I hammer at my parents' house anyways? In my case, metal. For what purpose? I have various purposes. Okay. I, I put it this way. I do a fair amount of work at my parents' place. You probably do a fair amount more visiting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't go there to work. My dad keeps on top of all of his work things. I don't know. He doesn't do projects, though. Like, he's not a... Mm. See, we're a very projecty family. Okay. My dad's got 15 million projects on the go. I've got 15 million. Chris has got three. <laughs> <laughs> but he has, I mean, like, he's got his, like, yard things and whatever, yeah. like, house stuff that he does. But not, like, hobby projects. Yeah, see, we build things. Okay, yeah. So. But, yeah, like. I don't, <laughs> we've I, gotten a tad off topic about how I can't fathom somebody not going into a shed in four weeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not that unbelievable to me. To me, it boggles the mind. (laughs) But we've established I'm the weird one here. (laughs) Well, weird is a relative term. Uh, Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. Maybe she's more innocent than I thought she was. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. On to less shed-related tasks. Yes. So far, like, I'm enjoying the book, for sure. I'm looking forward to the second half. Mm -hmm. Because the first half, like, I was fairly familiar with it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the basics. They went a little bit more into detail than the other podcast that I listened to, but frankly, there wasn't really any new revelations there. Yeah, like, it was for, pretty pretty basic. For me, the revelations were how literally awful the police were <laughs> at yeah. their jobs. Yeah, and the DA being in the interrogation. I don't remember if the DA thing I knew. I didn't know that. I don't. But, I don't think I knew that, anyways. But that to me also was like. No, you need to... Like, as a lawyer, you should know that you should be nowhere near that. That's not the thing. I'm like... So... You were making your own job harder mm-hmm. for the sake of being like, Oh, yes, yes, I was in the interrogation. Yeah, yeah, you're the guy that messed it up. Yeah, exactly. Like, he totally, like... No. I I really hope by the end a couple people get a bit of a smackdown. <laughs> I want that DA to be fired and disbarred. A couple of the cops, I'm like, Nina, you can go work mall security. We'll I don't trust know. you to keep Sephora safe. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen, though. I know. Based on how the story ends. Based on the American legal system. Well, probably they're going to get off scot-free and get donuts out of it. Mm-hmm. No offense to any police listening. Uh, I'm sure you're all lovely. And uh, I have questions. <laughs> I've always had questions. A, oh. I cannot be trusted at traffic stops because every stupid question I've ever wanted to ask a cop goes through my head and go, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. How often do the light bulbs in their light bar things get changed? (laughs) I want to know. It's random, but I'm like, I'm kind of curious. You have the most random thoughts. I I want to know if I can get out of handcuffs. That will come up in the fun facts. Just you wait. Not pick the lock. I want to know if I can slip my hand through. Oh, I don't think so. Like, how could you? I don't know. I can fit my hand into almost any jar, so I've always been kind of curious if I can fit my hand in, in and out of any jar, can I fit it out of a handcuff? I don't know. See, that's the thing. At a traffic stop, 
asking like, hey, can you handcuff me so I can see if I can get out? It's a little bit weird. <laughs> Anyways, uh, any other thoughts or? No, I'm looking forward to the second half, mm -hmm. partially to clarify, partially to hope some of the uh, law enforcement get their comeuppance. <laughs> yeah, there's a part of me, we have this book, the physical book, we don't have the audio book in our collection, uh, but you can get it on Libby yep. through e-libraries. But we have the book and part of me was very tempted to just read it because I'm tired of listening to this woman speak. Honestly, I think I got through it quicker. Well, not not quicker. I think it was easier for me to get through it as an audiobook than it would be as a physical book. Mm -hmm. Partially because I was listening to it while I was like watering the garden and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you, that's the thing I like about audiobooks. I can, can do get stuff. through a book and multitask. Yeah. When you listen to audiobooks, do you speed up the... No. no. If I want to listen to the chipmunks, I'd listen to the chipmunks. Yes, yeah, see. I'm looking forward to the second half. Yeah, me too. I honestly... Well, we've talked about the narration a lot. Mm-hmm. It is not the worst. Is it not my preferred narration? No. Because I'm used to really, really, really good ones. Mm. She's fine. She's perfectly adequate. Like. Yeah. She was not so horrible that I'm like, I can't, I cannot do this. I have made it less than five minutes into an audio audiobook and I'm going, nope, no, no, not, no. Really? Oh, oh, so awful. I got a, okay. Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archives. Brilliant series. 10 out of 10 recommend. Everybody should be listening to these books. There's two different audio versions, one of which is an audiobook read by two different narrators. One is like a full audio presentation, dramatization thing. I have both. I tried listening to the dramatization one, and I literally did not even make it five minutes. I'm like, nope, nope, this is not my Kaladin. I will not do it. But like, <laughs> compared to some of the stuff I listen to, this is fine. All right. Yeah. I'm still fairly new to audiobooks, so for me, it is a little bit... What did you say before? Cheese grater on fingers? Yep. Or something? <laughs> That's a little bit how I'm finding it, but... Mm. See, I find that if I just go, it's a podcast, it's a podcast, it's not an audiobook, it's a podcast. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. I'll, I'll put up with more from a podcast than I will mm. from an audiobook. Audiobook, I'm like, this is your job. <laughs> podcast, I'm like, this is your hobby. Fine. <laughs> it's also a job. Yeah, depending, but yes. But yeah, there are people who make a lot of money in podcasting. True. So, not us. No, <laughs> no, no. We're poor as church mice. <laughs> poor as a church mice that can't reach the collection plate. We gotta close this out, I think. We'll see you next time. Fuck all that good. We are back with part two of American Predator, the hunt for the most meticulous serial killer of the 21st century. Now, I know last time you had some issues with the meticulous serial killer part. Did your opinion change? No. Okay. Because in some ways he was meticulous, like going mm -hmm. to different states and whatnot. But he was very, very reliant on him not being from the area and basically just passing through. Mm-hmm. He wasn't super careful about all the other little details. Like, he's not what I would describe as meticulous. Well, to me, he was meticulous in the fact that his crimes were well planned. To the point where, like, mm. I have a kill kit hidden in this state. I'm going to pick it up here. Then I'm going to drive to this state and rob a bank. And then I'm going to go over here to this other place and I'm going to kill some people and then I'm going to go over here, and then I'm going to fly back home. Like, he was kind of all over the place, right? Like, he, the way he traveled, 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. He, he, maybe I just have a different definition of meticulous than you do. But, like, he... It's not as though he's like, okay, I make sure I wear gloves, make sure there's no DNA left, I make sure that, you know, the bodies are disposed of in such a way there's zero chance of recovering them or DNA. He didn't do that. He wore gloves. Congratulations. <laughs> well, like, you say he didn't wear gloves, but no, he did I'm wear saying, gloves. Like, his crime scenes and stuff like that, they weren't, he wasn't super careful. Like, the, Samantha, Sabrina? It's Samantha, Samantha. I think. Or Samantha and Sabrina at the same time, it's a bad idea. He went back three times. Mm-hmm. And then he used their debit card. See, that one was less. Like, but the ones prior. Quite careless. Yeah. The ones prior, definitely more attention to detail. Mm hmm. But it's not like he planned, I'm going to go kill Mrs. Smith. These are the entry points, these are exit points. It was very much snatch and grab. Like, he saw a person, he grabbed them, he killed them. So. The one couple whose names I can't remember, even though they said it a billion times in the book. <laughs> the something with a C. Collins? Cobble? I can't remember. I Anyways, the couple. Did they ever find their bodies? Not as far as I know of. Yeah. So I think they don't have anything aside Cobbles. from... Cobble? Mm, I don't think that's right. I don't know. I'll stop guessing. But they don't have anything to connect him to that crime, aside from the fact that he, he admitted. admitted it. Mm-hmm. But there is no physical evidence of that whatsoever. Yeah, which is a little bit funny that he admitted to it and then went, wait, you guys didn't know any of that, did you? Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think the second half of the book is quite interesting. I know you said at one point that you're finding the second half more boring. Well, when it got into, like, his personal history and stuff, that part See, was... See, I found that interesting. There was parts of it that were interesting. I will admit, uh, at one point when I was listening to this, I may have dozed off a few times, and I may have missed a few parts. Uh, but it was, like, the personal history parts that I... Mm. So around the time when I think his daughter was born, and mm-hmm. that... Uh, and I did not go back and re-listen, because I just didn't uh no see i found that more interesting like don't get me wrong first half was interesting too but like i like the how did this relatively normal person go to being a serial killer what elements in their life shaped it and i gotta Mm -hmm. say his parents did a great job of making sure he would be Mm -hmm. like oh you can definitely see from his growing up it's basically how to raise a serial killer one-on-one like i was saying to you before how I always am fascinated by the psychology of it, right? And, mm-hmm. like, what makes somebody turn out that way? Or why Why do they do that? Why do they do the things that they do, right? And so, yeah, I mean, that part was interesting. It was just, I don't know, there was something about that part that I just felt was a bit of a slog. I didn't. But. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, like, like, thing is, that's the part I like. I'm like, okay, how did you? And there's so many factors that I'm like, okay, your parents... Or parent was abusive. Mm -hmm. You were raised in a non-standard way. Mm -hmm. I mean, as standard as any way can be. Living in the bush in a tent while your mother pops up children is not exactly standard. No. And you were in the army. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of see where this was going. A lot of things, right? And he had an interest in like guns from a young age and like Mm -hmm. killing animals, and you could see the progression of like where it was going. And yes, that was interesting. It was, I don't know if it was the way she told it. Also, one of the things I struggled with was when they were talking about the killing of that couple. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like those details were so, like, bleh, like, <laughs> chilling, right? Like, and I, like, I could listen to it fine because I knew 
I knew about this case. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, like, what if I had never heard of this case before? Like, if I knew none of the details, how much would this be bothering me? Like, I already knew these details. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I know it's bad, but it's I can handle it because I knew it. Right? To be fair, I think if you get through the first half of the book, where he's describing what he did to Samantha... Mm. Yeah, maybe. Like, I'm not saying what he did to the couple was fantastic, because it certainly wasn't. Mm-mm. It was horrible. But I think by the time you've reached that, I mean, there's been necrophilia, dismemberment. I know, but I just, like, <laughs> I think... You've gone through a fair amount to get there. No, no, I know. I think, though, just in general, like, hearing about his crimes and, like, the kill kits was the thing that always really struck me about this case and how they were, like, he obviously, not that he premeditated who... Not no. the who, but the how. But he was very right? prepared for, if I find somebody I'd like to murder, I'll have everything that I need. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I'm just going to go fly into New York and I'm going to dig up this thing that I buried. And then I'm going to drive to New Jersey. And then I'm going to just wait and see who I can find that I can just, yeah, you know, like. And he didn't really have a type either. He didn't. And like, it was so, like. At least with. Bundy was like blonde hair and blue eyes or whatever. And then they were talking about how he had a stomach band surgery and he kept seeing plastic surgeons and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I still want to know more details about that, but he's dead now. So I know. Can't ask him. And I think like they were saying that he was potentially changing his body mm-hmm. in order to become a perfect serial killer and possibly changing his fingerprints. And like he got like a band on his stomach, I think, so that he didn't have to eat and he could like sit and wait and watch people i think but that munchies was... is the best part of the steakhouse <laughs> that but, also yeah. makes noise if you're eating your <laughs> chips your bag is why is there a random man in the bushes crunching through doritos this <laughs> husband was found with dorito dust on her <laughs> sorry this is really not a good thing. dorito killer <laughs> oh that would be so like undermining he's terrifying the dorito killer <laughs> sounds like something to be in an advertisement or like a um gravity falls or something (laughs) but yeah just like the to go through like plastic surgery to change your body to make Mm -hmm. you a better killer like i I find that chilling did he actually say it was to make him a better killer is that just i don't know if he said that there was a lot of things that he didn't say Mm -hmm. and i also like i found myself thinking like how much of what he's saying is actually true like is he just stringing them along or is he telling the truth you know i generally don't trust what serial killers say Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time, it is an ego thing for them. Mm-hmm. However, I am slightly more inclined to trust him because he he didn't turn himself in, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he right away went, like, I'll cooperate, cooperate with you mm-hmm. so this doesn't blow back on my daughter. So I'm a little bit more inclined. I do think the entire investigation and interrogation part, I mean, what the hell? Even, like, completely bungled. Oh, straight up, like... Honestly, I think if the investigation and interrogation part could have just been handled by Bell as the leader and keep... Feldus. Feldus out of it. Get Feldus out of there. Like, I think we wouldn't know who all those victims are. Mm Mm-hmm. But Feldus, I mean, what the hell, dude? I know. There's no... There is no reason why he should have been in that He should not have been there at all. Period. Ever. Yep. Like, and the fact that he was basically... Like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. No, that part was... Honestly, it made me mad every time he showed up. I know. Like, like I literally wrote in my notes, Feldus needs to shut up mm-hmm. and get out of that room. Yes. But also the prison guards, like... Yeah. Don't give the serial killer razors. Or pencils. Or pencils. Or, or any, dental floss. Anything. Or 
um, plastic wrap. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not a crazy serial killer, and I can think of things to do with those items. What mm-hmm. the heck are you doing? I know. I know. Just boggles the mind. I know. It, and even after one of the detectives told them to stop mm-hmm. doing that, they kept doing it. Yeah. And it, like, what? And what? it was the pencil and the razor at the end is how he killed himself. Yeah. Like. I know. And then they thought that, like, they figured he was dead for quite a while. And the prison guard apparently walked past his cell and there was blood leaking out of his cell. Apparently. How do you miss that? Willful blindness. Yeah. I like, just. Prison the, system is so crap. It is. It is. The justice system is so corrupt. Yeah. Feldman, Feldman, Feldman should have been never allowed in that room to begin with mm, at mm, all. No. Nope. Like, and once it was found out by the higher ups, especially from lower 48, that what he was doing, he should have been severely punished. Mm-hmm. Like, he should have been disbarred. Yeah. But no, he was there till the very end. Yeah. And, Yeah. And, like, to have... I don't understand having such an ego where it's like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do the mm-hmm. interrogation. Never mind the fact you are botching it at every single turn. And, like, Bell, the guy had rapport with Keys. Mm-hmm. He could have gotten the information. He could have made it work. Yeah. Like, no, just... And, and now we have how many people where we're never going to know? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know. Like, there was 12 skulls that he had drawn or carved in his mm-hmm. cell. So they think that that's perhaps 11 people that he killed plus himself maybe but there's also the ones down in florida where they weren't entirely sure Mm -hmm. because he was in the area at the time yeah and the reports did kind of fit his mo yeah and And the sketches matched sketches matched and was it one or two kids in the area one of the areas where he was growing up where Mm. they disappeared and yeah well they don't know like the identity of all 11 of those victims either no. yeah i don't know it's, and like how are you gonna find them the guy was all over the state you're never gonna you're never gonna find unless you happen to find dna evidence yeah on a random body that turns up like but i don't think that he left dna if he could help it no is what no. it sounded like so i think um like it just it ticks me off that feld has botched it yeah. And the families of the victims are never going to know. Yeah. Although we don't know how differently it would have turned out no, if Feldus hadn't been there. No, but I'm confident in saying that Bell would have done a better job. Yeah. Or, frankly, anybody but Feldus would have done a better job. But also, I think they gave Keys too much power. Oh, they straight up did. They, like, whatever he wanted, he got, basically. And I'm like, Pretty mm, much. I don't know. Is that really going to make him talk? Well, I think there's a few things that they could have probably done mm-hmm. that could have... Like, they didn't... Again, it's a lot of stuff that Feldus did. Mm-hmm. Where he screwed it up, going, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't know about that. Or it's like... Yeah, don't tell him that you don't know that. You have to appear all-knowing. Mm-hmm. Even if you got no idea. Yep. And, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Put it this way. Feldus is eminently smackable. Yes. He is... It's too bad, really. It really is. And honestly, I just feel bad for his daughter. Yeah. I know. Like, I'm glad the investigators kept her out of it. Mm-hmm. Because she was fairly young already at that point. Or still at that I'm point, say right? she was seven. Yeah. Old enough to remember some things, but mm-hmm. definitely young enough that you do not need to, to just leave her alone. She's mm-hmm. had a hard enough time. Yeah. It's too bad. This case is one of the more chilling, in my opinion. Well, it's one of those things where I'm going, don't screw up your kids. Yeah. How about you don't go religion cult shopping? How about you don't make your kids live in the woods? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying living in the woods is bad. 
I'm just saying <laughs> well, that proper socialization, proper running water, proper access to health care. Yeah. Not being the oldest kid out of ten, not having to raise your siblings, not being given free reign to go kill animals in the woods. But tell me what kind of normal sane person has come out of living in the woods. There is people. Is there? You don't hear about them because they're the normal sane ones. You hear about the crazy ones that go on killing sprees. Like like recently, Ted Kaczynski. Yep. Who just died. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This weekend. One headline I saw, I didn't read the article, said that it was possible suicide. Although he was in a medical center, so I'm not sure how he could have... Kidding me? I think there'd be more options in a medical center. Well, but he should be guarded. Should be. Janine. Prison system. I know. Medical system. Anyway, that's really... <laughs> the States. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's true or if that's just a clickbait headline or what, but... Yeah. But he did definitely die. No. Like, the way that he was raised, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he would not have been... Like, I don't know if they ever said it at any point. My impression was he was a born psychopath whose upbringing kind of just sped things up a bit. Because you have plenty of psychopaths who live a normal life. Yeah. And never kill anybody. Yeah, but no, the family lifestyle definitely did not help like hopping around to the different mm-hmm. cults and like then there's the white supremacists and these guys and those guys yeah and like that's the thing with keys i'm like he was a weird mix mm-hmm. because his first i don't think they ever got married the mother of his kid anyway i don't she was so. native american african-american i think and he lived or worked on the reservation for a while and he at one point said that it was quite a shock to him because you know, he'd be working on a house or whatever, and somebody driving past would, you know, yell, white boy, go home, where he experienced it from a completely opposite mm-hmm. thing. So, like, he's got a swastika tattooed on the back of his neck or something along those lines. It's either his neck or chest. But yet he was going to marry mm-hmm. someone of mixed race. Like, it's that weird... Yeah. I don't know. He's a very interesting person. Like, I, I wish mm-hmm. they had gotten a psychiatrist in. They did. They did, but they didn't really do much. Or I at least don't know if they put, didn't put it this way. It might just not be in the book. I don't think maybe they released all of I think there's a lot of information about this case that has not been released. I would assume so with the amount of hours that they spent asking questions. Yeah. So But like Yeah. I don't know. It would be really interesting to like I don't know, can you watch or listen to the interviews online? No, oh, I'm sure they're somewhere. You gotta be able to, right? I was tempted to look them up. I've... But I don't know if I could handle that. It's one of those things I'm going, hmm, I'm good. <laughs> if I were to do research into it for writing something, okay, sure. Yeah. But there's a point where I'm going... And I have the same, same thing with every single serial killer victim thing. I'm going, I don't want to profit off the deaths of the victims. Mm-hmm. I find true crime interesting, mm-hmm. especially from a psychological perspective. Mm-hmm. But the way that some of the serial killers are glorified, frankly, I am very uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like when I think Ted Bundy's possessions and stuff were auctioned off. Oh, gross. And, you know, the, the tourist attractions of like Lizzie Borden's house. And I know she wasn't a serial killer, but still. Mm-hmm. Like if I was brutally murdered by someone... And then you made my house into an attraction? Mm-hmm. Dang right I'd haunt that place. <laughs> yeah. Lizzie Borden was actually acquitted, though, right? She's never convicted. Yeah. She lived out her life um, with her sister in mm-hmm. a big house. So. Yeah. I know. I read a book about her a few years ago. Yeah. But it's an interesting case. That is an interesting case. I think it was the uncle. <laughs> 
But like, I don't, I don't like the glorifying of serial killers. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's a very, you need to respect the victims. Mm-hmm. And too many things don't. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm quite fussy with the true crime podcasts I'll listen to because some of them where it's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, heads flying this way and that. And I know I make comments, but <laughs> there is the casual criminalist because that's the main one I listen to. One of the things I quite like is the fact that they'll sometimes go and just do it straight up from the perspective of one of the survivors. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite episodes is one where they did it. Like this girl survived a serial killer. And they just did it all from her point of view. And she's like, she was badass. Is she the one who had her arms and legs cut off? No. Okay. She is now... Is she the sheriff or has she got an organization to help victims? Okay. One or the other. But honestly, she was badass. And I prefer that. Like, mm-hmm. a little less Ted Bundy. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. That makes total sense. So, that being said, I do find them fascinating because the way their brains work. Mm-hmm is something where I'm like, study that, please. <laughs> I know. Well, I think people do, right? And it's... If you study it so we can prevent it, that'd be great. <laughs> I don't know that you'll ever prevent it. But... No, but there are some things, like, that are pretty consistent, like head drama, abuse of parents, mm-hmm. arson, bedwetting, killing animals. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some key tells, normally. Yeah. But that's the thing, too, with keys. Like, they don't think that he killed anybody, think that he killed anybody. Until, what, after he was out of the army? I think so. So. I did laugh, though, when they were talking to, like, his army buddies. But I don't know if buddies, but the people he was in the army with. And they were, like, describing him. And somebody said, just enormous, when they were talking about his nose. (laughs) I laughed. Does he have a big nose? Uh, yeah, I think it's... This picture's kind of small, but... Uh, it's thing is, it's the wrong angle. It's hard to tell the nose yeah. when you're looking straight on. Yeah, It's I like know. John Oliver. If he's straight on, he's fine, and you turn his head, it's like, oh, it's an eagle. <laughs> Sorry, John Oliver. You are hilarious. <laughs> like Trump also. Well, that's just his tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> but if you turn him to the side, he's got quite a, a beak also. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. So many other things to get distracted by with Trump between the hands and the hair. Yes. The orangeness. <laughs> the orangeness. That's the biggest one. Yeah. Um, would you recommend this book, do you think? I would, especially as an audiobook. Yeah. Like, I did not love the narrator. I... The narrator wasn't fantastic, but I'm also spoiled when it comes to narration. So, that being said, like, not definitely not the worst I've ever heard. Yeah. I actually googled the narrator because i was trying to figure out if she's the same narrator from a different audiobook that i tried mm. uh she is not but she is like an actress and she's recorded like hundreds of audiobooks and been in like lots of movies and stuff like that like mm. she's not somebody familiar to me i was gonna say amy landon i've never seen a movie with amy landon you maybe I mean. have and you just didn't know it like i don't think she's like a yeah starring character but um, no offense amy but she has been in i think a number of movies yeah so like She's okay. Yeah. I would never I, choose to listen to a book because she was the narrator. No. I'm not going to go out and seek out books that she narrated. But this is also, put it this way, I have turned off books within five minutes because I'm like, I can't take it. I can't take it. I cannot do with this. I, this is horrible. I, no. I just don't like when women make their voice all gruff. <laughs> they talk like men. Just keep saying it in your normal voice. Like, yeah. I don't need that, you know? Well, I especially don't... something like this where I'm like, you, you gotta... No. no. That's a, it just doesn't work for this. It's a no for me. No. But, 
I mean, they suffered through. I I didn't like her narration at all, but I will say the story was interesting enough that their narration, once I got used to it, was fine. Yeah, it was good. I would recommend it also if you are into true crime. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a very interesting case. Well, it's one of those where he doesn't get mentioned much. No, like he's pretty pretty low key. I mean, like, I, I shouldn't say low key. He's not. John Wayne Gacy or Ed Gaines yeah. or Ted Bundy. No, but the only reason I've ever heard of him was because I heard a podcast. Mm-hmm. But that was the only time I think I ever have heard of him. Yeah. Was on that podcast and not since until we found this book. So. No, he's definitely... The, one of the things that always gets me is when you talk about famous serial killers and then they actually have like the number of people that they killed. I'm always kind of surprised it's as long as it is. <laughs> like... Pedro Lopez, very few people have ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. Like 300 people. 300 yeah, kids. That's insane. Uh, what's the one I listened to the other day? Carl, Carl somebody. But it was early 1900s. Okay. Nobody ever really heard of him. That guy was awful. Really? Like, just straight up. Like, he hated everybody. Murder, hmm. spree, straight up. Like Interesting. I'll find the name later and give it to you. But, again, you, you never hear of him. Mm-hmm. But his crimes were arguably pretty bloody bad is he from another country no he's american okay yeah hmm. and you think interesting american early 19th century mm-hmm. i know that's the thing though like you think oh there's not that many serial killers whatever there's not and then you start listening to true crime podcasts and it's like is there anybody that's not a serial killer yeah i know and it's like oh i haven't heard of that oh i've never heard of that oh i've never heard of that one like there's so many mm-hmm. yeah no it gets a little bit crazy but like, it always kind of surprises me when it's like, Israel Keys was 12-ish. He's relatively well-known. Like, he might not be top 10, but he's generally top 20. Familiar, not best. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> but then you have like, uh, oh, who's the guy in England? The doctor. Mm. Oh, now I'm going to draw a blank on this. That's going to bug me. But he killed like... 290-something patients. Oh, really? Is that Dr. Cream? Is that the one? No. No. Oh, this is going to bother me now. I will find it and send it to Linda, and Linda can put it in the comments. (laughs) Or the captions or whatever. She will put in the information. Linda, put in the information. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, crazy amounts. Mm -hmm. And again... Nobody's heard of them. Haven't really heard of them. Yeah. I mean, you hear them a little bit more now because it's a relatively recent case, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty unknown compared to, like, Ted mm-hmm. Bundy. But also, true crime, I feel like, is becoming more popular. Like, mm-hmm. everybody and their dog listens to a true crime podcast. No, no, my dog doesn't like it. Hides in the bed and covers his ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, your dog's an anomaly, but yeah. everybody else's dog. To be fair, he hides in the bed and covers his ears all the time anyway. <laughs> it's not my dog. <laughs> your fictional puppy. No, that's Chris's puppy. But, but I mean, like, it's popular, so I think we're starting to hear about more of these oh, unusual I ones, too. I think it's one of those things where <laughs> you have more and more podcasts that are looking for content. Mm-hmm. You have to go farther than the top ten. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a choice. Yeah. Well, there's one that I... Uh, there's one podcast. I haven't listened to it. I think it's called Buried Bones. And she does historical true crime. Like, mm. Just historical. You know, I find those interesting, but also frustrating. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, but we'll never know. Yeah. 
I know. That's the thing. I don't, that's probably why I haven't listened to it because I, I don't think I can get into that. Like, I don't mind a historical one once in a while, but. I like and kind of sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. Like, I like kind of like serial killer, heist, historical mix of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is an interesting genre. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Not for everyone, though. Not for everybody, no. If you don't like reading about crimes, don't read this book. That's the thing. Like, this is not John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ed Gein's gore. Mm-mm. But it's also, it's not just a murder. Nope. <laughs> Put it that way. So Nope. I don't know. I just feel bad for his kid. I know. It did seem like he put his kid first. Mm-hmm. He was trying to protect her. a decent-ish father mm-hmm. if he could get the murdering under control. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Like he mm-hmm. And he tried to protect her as much as he could. Mm-hmm. I will give him credit for mm-hmm. that when he was arrested, just going, you know, do you want... I don't want this blowback on my family. Mm-hmm. He was Let's very adamant about, about that. Yeah. And wanting, like, to confess but to keep everything quiet mm-hmm. and then be executed. Yeah. And then she wouldn't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then I think once he died, it all blew up. Yeah. So. Well, I think nothing there has been handled super great, frankly. No, so. no, not at all. Do you have any fun facts for us? I do have some fun facts. Uh, so some of these facts are in the book. I didn't realize that when I was doing this research. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, but anyway, on Wednesday, May 23rd, 2012, Keyes attempted to escape during a routine hearing. He used wood shavings from a pencil to pick his cuffs. Just why you don't give prisoners pencils. I know, but I found that really, when I first read this, and then they talked about it in more detail in the book, and I just found that fascinating. Like, he was chewing off the pencils, and like, and then he had somehow wrapped his something with, like, the saran wrap from his Mm -hmm. food, too, and like, I was just like... See, that's the thing that gets me. He is very handy. Like. Smart. He can, and I mean, it took them a ways, like, it was, what, a good three-quarters of the way through the book minimum before yeah. they found out that he enjoyed building boats? Yes. <laughs> like, um, how do you miss that? Yeah. <clears throat> no, they missed a lot of things. They did. So. Feldus, it's your fault. And <laughs> let's just blame everything on him. Uh, let's be real. It mostly was. Yeah. And so this, we talked about this a little bit, but uh, he was born in Cove, Utah, January 7th, 1978, the second of 10 children born to Heidi and John Jeffrey Hees, a couple who didn't believe in government interference, public schools, or modern medicine. He was a toddler when his family left Utah for Colville, Colville, Washington. They lived an isolated existence in the woods where Keyes grew up without heat or electricity. While in Washington, his parents left the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and became fundamentalist Christians and joined a white supremacist church. Keyes later described the Ark, which was the name of the church, as an Amish-like church environment. During this period of attending the Ark, the Keyes family befriended the neighboring family of Chevy Kehoe, who was later convicted for a 1996 triple murder. Didn't he also know the guys from the Oklahoma bombing? Could be. He might have been asleep for that part. (laughs) No, I remember them talking about two guys that he was friends with. I don't Mm -hmm. remember their names, but the names were familiar. Yeah, I don't know if it was just a, you know, passing, you know, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. Or an actual, like, would you like to help commit a bombing? (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Okay, even, like, the fact that he liked playing with explosives and stuff like that, they found that out, like, Pretty much at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck are you guys doing? I, Feldus, dang it. It's all Feldus. Hate Feldus. No offense, Feldus. <laughs> it's just, it, it drives me a little bit bonkers. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you miss... Like, okay, the, the explosives. I 
assume that that part's fairly hidden. Mm-hmm. But like a boat. Yeah. How do you miss the fact that someone likes building boats? It's a boat. It's yeah. big. Unless he didn't build them when he was living in Alaska. It sounded like he did canoes and kayaks and motorboats and stuff like that, or like okay. um, rowboats and stuff. Yeah, like, I even. I mean, <laughs> they effed that up pretty good. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah, they forked it. <laughs> they, they really did fork that investigation. <laughs> So, (laughs) the last uh, thing that I have is a quote from a Goodreads review, which I found really interesting. Uh, Keyes confessed to one murder and suggested that maybe he committed two others, but he held the police slash FBI hostage as he refused to further elucidate (laughs) if there were other victims. Now, this person is just trying to sound fancy, in my opinion, but they have some interesting other thoughts so he made demands in order to reveal his victims and then would drop hints but no concrete evidence or names which is okay but did he even know the names he grabbed them off the street killed them perhaps he didn't know their but also looked like he went through their wallets and like stole their stuff so there's usually id right um but this is like what i was kind of saying before too like they gave him a lot of power oh yeah in those interviews and stuff he did not hold them hostage like at gunpoint just he just was in jail and wouldn't give up information just yeah. to clarify so the officials were working from the theory that keys had multitudes of victims and linked his name to almost any unsolved murder they could find which i don't think is, is true you but know the meme of oprah going you get a crime. yeah you get a murder you get a murder <laughs> yeah sorry not appropriate Frankly, it makes law enforcement look idiotic and keys as a smug manipulator. I kept waiting for something to happen, but it wasn't to be. And then to top it off, keys commit suicide and so ends the tale. So that's just one person's review. And I just thought it was interesting. Some of what this reviewer is saying is kind of true. Mm-hmm. Some of it, and so he suggested that maybe he committed two others, but I think he did say. He, he basically went, yeah, I killed other people. Yeah. But he just wouldn't give any further information. Yeah. And then, uh, and he told Bell, I think it was, that if he figured out the next one by himself, he'd give him more. Mm-hmm. Which is why Bell should have been in charge of the investigation. Yeah, but that, um, but makes law enforcement look idiotic and keys as a smug manipulator is absolutely true. Oh, straight up. That part I did feel, and I don't know if I listened to the book with this in my mind because I did like this part before I listened to the whole book. Mm-hmm. I think I'd listened to some, but I think. Maybe I always had that in my head, and so I was a little skeptical of, like, did he actually... And so it sounds like there's a lot of murders that they're trying to pin on him mm-hmm. because they're unsolved, and he was probably in the area at the time, and, like, well, did he they, or didn't he... Because he had to document his travels, especially the ones from Alaska, mm-hmm. they have a general idea of where he was at the time, and I don't think he did every single murder that they think he did. Mm-hmm. Because... <sighs> If Israel Keys was in your town and somebody died, it doesn't mean he killed them. No. Statistically, with the amount that that guy traveled, you can't. It's not the way it works. Like, some of them have to be somebody else. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he was smug. Because the thing is, I'm just going to blame Feldus for things again. <laughs> he figured out pretty quick that they didn't have much. Mm-hmm. Feldus gave away so much of their leverage. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get it back he didn't know how to do an interrogation properly because that's not what he's trained to do no and the amount of times that it was said like this is something that felt should not have done it should have been handled this way is frankly staggering mm-hmm. and i mean if it was me sitting in the interrogation chair and the cop in front of me goes oh yeah yeah we we don't really actually have anything on you you 
bet your butt I'd be smug. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm, would you like a hint? Yeah. Would you like a clue? Oh, so cute in your inexperience. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be smug too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He had a right to be smug, uh, but they didn't help themselves oh, they at all. Didn't. And, and especially when he's gotten away with it for how long? Mm-hmm. And now he's caught but they don't really actually have anything, mm-hmm. you're going to be smug. And they keep giving him stuff that he can use to escape and do other things. Like The guy is known for how handy he is. Mm-hmm. And you just keep giving him materials. Yep. And like, and this isn't like some random thing like, oh, paper towel. Yeah. <laughs> paper towel in my line of vision. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, I don't understand how he can make something of that, but he's a genius, so he does. Like, mm-hmm. this is razors. But also pencils. And pencils. But he was chewing up the pencils to make shavings and picks for his cuffs. Like, who would think of that? I wouldn't think of that. Mm. I'm not that creative. It it's fits because it's kind of the same shape and size you need. It's I don't know moldable, it's carbonable. Picking locks. So I may or may not have a lock pick yet. <laughs> I don't like getting locked out of things. No, I it's mm. true. <laughs> I don't think anybody does, but <laughs> but anyway, like I don't know that when I read that and I read that before I heard it in the book Mm -hmm. it blew my mind I actually literally turned around and said to Daniel hey Daniel listen to this (laughs) and I told him and he was like what yeah like it it's one of those cases where it's they botched it so much that it's Mm -hmm. like how are you even how did you manage to keep your job Mm -hmm. at all I know like I know I don't know I keep kind of hoping that they'll find a diary or something somewhere of mm-hmm. like May twelfth killed this person, May thirteenth killed this person, May twenty second got random plastic surgery because I want to look like a pony, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, yeah, random stuff like that. Where I'm like, okay, you know, keep hoping there'll be answers. But that's my problem with any current, mm-hmm. like that's the thing, any historical murder, serial killer, anything like that. I'm like, I'm just resign myself to the fact that we will never know if Lizzie Borden did it or not. Mm-hmm. But when it's current, I'm like, surely there's information somewhere. Does he have a safe? Does he have a diary? Does like, I feel like there were diaries. I thought they mentioned that. I don't know. It's one of those things where every time there's mention of a journal or a diary or a map or a post-it note where a serial killer's written down, murder Janice, 3 o'clock Sunday, <laughs> where I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you writing down your crimes? Yeah. Like, really? Because people are dumb sometimes. Like... I think they can get away with stuff that they can't. You're writing down your crimes. I don't understand that. Because they think they won't get caught. That's the thing. You have to have an ego to be a serial killer. True. Or any kind of killer, I feel like. You have to have have a certain amount of ego. Yeah. To continue killing people, thinking that you're not going to get caught. Yeah. That's my opinion. One of the things that always bugs me is the genius killers, like Leopold and Loeb, they were dumb. (laughs) <laughs> like, on about 15 different levels, dumb. Yeah. I'm like, why are you calling them the genius killers? Because you're not even doing it sarcastically or mockingly. It's like, mm-hmm, the genius killers. Like, you're not. Like, you... Yeah. Like, they are not deserving of that nickname. Yeah. Not at all. They're dumb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it annoys me. Like, yeah. Anywho. Yeah. I would recommend this book mm-hmm. as an audiobook. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it's fine as an actual physical book as well. Yeah, it's a good true crime book. Yep. Definitely better than some of them I've read. It doesn't go on for 20 minutes about a bloody dam. <laughs> Refer to the episode of, and I can't even remember the title of the book, Furious Hours. Furious Hours, yeah. Yeah. 
if you're looking for a not good true crime book, try that one. Yeah, it was boring. See, that was one we really agreed on. Yeah. If I'm expecting true crime, I'm expecting this. Yeah. Like, this is true crime. Mm -hmm. I'm not expecting you to go on for an entire book about the scenery and the history of the area. Yeah. Especially when the dam literally doesn't matter. Yeah. At all. Like, no bodies were dumped there. No murders were found there. Like, why is it there? (laughs) And then the rest of it is just about... um, Harper Lee. Harper Lee. But not even interestingly about Harper Lee. Anyway, anything else to say about this book? Uh, no. Read it. It's interesting. Yep. Read about a serial killer is not one of the mainstream ones. Would recommend. Yep. So that's what we thought of the book. But those are just our opinions, of course. Uh, We'd like to hear yours, so leave us a comment. Thanks for joining us for Between the Lines. And thanks for editor Linda. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.